2: I am the least racist person there is anywhere in the world when con men, who I've known you know, almost all my business life, because I had to deal with him, unfortunately, in New York, but I got along with him, Al Sharpton. Uh, now, he's a racist. He's a racist.
0: Trump's insults. He and I are both from Queens, and I'll explain to you how his mind works. It's true that um, while I was riding the Q44A in this in the slush to my second job after school, He was probably in a limo going to some party somewhere, but I wasn't. But we did breathe the same air. We have the same mentality and sense of we never accept anyone's insults. No matter who insults you, you answer them back. So when I open up this morning, the Drudge Report, and says, Wire says Trump's trash talk turns off suburban women. And I say to myself, I don't really believe it. Do you believe the Associated Pets, P-E-T-S, or if you're Jewish, P-E-T-S, P-E-T-Z. Do you believe the Associated Pets story about Trump, that suburban women recoil as Trump dives into racial politics. AP, Associated Pets, they write, many professional suburban women, a critical voting block in the 2020 election, recoil at the abrasive, divisive rhetoric, exposing the president to a potential wave of opposition in key battlegrounds across the country. In more than three dozen interviews, blah, 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 blah the interview in suburbs outside Philly, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Denver are a warning light for the Republican president's re-election, blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to say that Trump's brazen nature and his response to virtually every insult is costing him white suburban women voters. I don't know whether to believe it or not. I'm not happy with it. I don't think he should elevate these lowlifes to the level of a presidency, but I I understand where he's coming from. He's not an ordinary politician. He's not an ordinary president. He didn't come up the ladder of politics where he learned to constrain himself. He uh, grew up in a rough and tumble world of uh, not so much in the family, although his father was a contractor. I can guarantee it wasn't an easy life for him either. I'm talking about building huge buildings. In building huge buildings, you got to deal with the unions. Do I have to spell out what that means in New York or anywhere else? Do I have to say electrical union, the brotherhood of electricians? The Brotherhood of Carpenters? Do I have to spell it out for you? You haven't seen enough movies? So in order to deal with these guys, you've got to learn how to talk their language. That's what he does. So when you get a low life and I'd like to use the word, but it's a family show. If it was a movie with Joe Pesci, I'll tell you what I think of Al Sharpton. But I can't use the word that I would use if I were Joe Pesci in a movie for Al Sharpton. But that low life street rat has the nerve to attack the president. What do you think the president's going to do? So that's where it comes from. I understand it very well. For you. Look, let me give you an example. I'll t- make it very personal for a second before we get into all the other uh, debate tonight. Who do you think will win and who's going to run against Trump? Trump's language. Bernie Sanders, who's now Jewish, attacking Israel. Typical leftist, communist bum. I'm going to ask you, what are examples of corruption in your city? Do you believe the associated pet story about Trump? All of that and more. But I want to go back to why I understand Trump's visceral reaction to insults. When I'm off the air, I'm a very, very reserved, quiet person. I never, ever go out of my way to talk to people. I try to avoid them. I don't want them even looking at me. Most don't know who I am because I'm on radio, not television. I'm getting in my car this morning. I had a rush to the supermarket to buy stuff. I ran out of everything, and I, I was in a rush. So I rushed to the supermarket, and I rushed back with the cart to my car, And instead of taking the cart all the way back to the cart stand in the parking lot, I neatly pressed it up against the post in the middle of cars, Not where you couldn't get around it. You can still get around it, right? It's a little cart. I get in my car, and I see a mean-faced, clipped-haired woman pull in as quickly as she could with a Mini Cooper and stare at me and move her head left to right. Typical Marin County man-hating controller. Left to right goes the head. So I'm not one to let anyone give me a head job like that. I roll my window down. I said, excuse me, are you signaling me in some way? So this stranger who I don't know says to me, yes, it's a shame you didn't put your cart back where it belongs. I said, lady, are you a psychotic? You know, you belong in a mental hospital. Go look in the mirror. Now, I I would have liked to say more, but I'm a public figure and I didn't want it recorded on an iPhone. But I responded to her. Who the hell is she to tell me that I didn't put my cart back? is my immediate response. Where I live in the San Francisco area is filled with the worst people on the planet. You talk about vermin. You talk about people who are afraid of Hispanics and make believe they love them. They're terrified of blacks. They cross the street when they see them. But if they see a white male, they think they can attack them, but they don't know that every white male is not the same moron that their father was. So that's the reaction she got from me. Now, I'm a very sane person, but this lunatic liberal who went out of her way to try to provoke me could just as easily have provoked a man who looked like me who was crazy. A man who looked like me but was nuts, who just lost his wife to cancer, just lost his pension, and and he himself doesn't have but days to live and he has a gun in his car. But that mean-faced, clipped-haired woman didn't think twice about insulting a stranger because she lives in the San Francisco area where the only target that is safe is a white male with some white hair, but they don't know what lurks underneath the skin of anybody, let me tell you that. But it's an example of my volatile reaction to anyone who insults me. And it's the same exact thing with Donald Trump. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. You say, okay, why did he react to Al Sharpton? Why does he react to the four witches? The answer is because he's offended by them. And anyone who offends him, it becomes a personal offense. So no, I don't really believe that Trump's trash talk turns off suburban women necessarily yes some for sure they want a more polite president but i'm not so sure that they're willing to throw their vote away just because they want a little more politeness in the white house i'm not sure of that but i'm open to the suggestion so i tweeted it out put it up on Michaelsavage.com. do you believe the ap associated pets poll which says trump losing suburban women voters owing to insults and here's the answers we got I'll read some of the good ones. No, I'm a suburban woman. I was a registered Democrat, almost as crazy as the pink hat wearers. Then our country went nuts. People started burning their own cities, targeting good guys in blue. I couldn't support that nonsense. Enter Trump. I'll never go back. So you see, you're not seeing that in the Associated Pets story. Blair says, I love him more now than 2016. Love his tweets. Uh, Smotetsky says, they always drag up these people who claim to be Trump supporters, but his rallies are always at capacity. No, just like Hillary in a landslide, polls are fake news. Nope, nope, no. I'm getting nopes. Then all the way down on the list, someone says not even a little. Then another one says fake news about a concocted poll. No, he's got this suburban woman and he has had her since the moment he announced he would be running in 2016. MAGA. Rafael Canella says no, Dr. Savage, this is the building up of fake news to build momentum to get Trump out of the WH. I've said this a long time ago. Every accusation is for their own fire to keep burning. No wood, just fake smoke. They will spew crap until 2020, so idiots don't forget, not me. One woman says something to the contrary. Um, he's lost me, and meaning her, not me. And another one says, DJT needs to lay off Twitter. He is his own worst enemy. So it's a mixed answer. When was the last time a sane person took or gave well-considered responses to a phone poll? I, I never had a phone poll. I, I hang up on anyone who calls me. I do not... Personally, answer them myself. Now there are other topics that may be more interesting. Tonight is the debate. Are you going to watch it? I don't. Don't call me. And say yes. You're going to watch it. You got people running tonight who you never heard of. Steve Bullock. I never heard of him. He's running tonight. Where'd he come from? Former Maryland representative. But a, a perfect time for a Maryland rep to run. John Delaney. Maybe you could talk about the rats. Former Colorado Governor Hickenlooper. He's actually a, a somewhat centrist. Amy Klobucher, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar. Uh, Amy Klobucher looks like the kind of woman who runs B'nai B'rith in Minneapolis, the kind of woman who has diabetes at age 30 from eating too many lemon meringue cakes. Amy Klobucher looks like a loser from the get-go, that she wears certain stockings to keep her veins in. I don't know. I wouldn't vote. Beto O'Rourke, what a putz this one became. He is so dropped off the map that he's going so anti-America is the only thing he's got left. Bernie Sanders attacks Israel now. Now, you know how desperate Bernie Sanders is that a Jew attacks Israel while running for office? That's his number one calling card, is to attack Israel? The guy was a loser from the beginning. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth, the the Gale. I call her... Elizabeth Warren, I'm, I'm sorry to say you, I am very filmic. My mind is extremely filmic. If I were filming a World War II concentration camp movie, God forbid... And I needed a few scenes like from that movie, whatever it was, Schindler's List. And I needed a female guard. It would be Elizabeth Warren playing the female guard. She has that meanness about her face. That's how she strikes me. I mean, I have my own view of the world. Then there's an author named Marianne Williamson who never ever heard of. No one ever bought her books. But to top it off, take a guess who's moderating. Don Lemon. Don Lemon cannot read a teleprompter. Don Lemon looks to me like he needs someone with an alphabet next to the teleprompter to read it. Jake Tapper, the last time Jake Tapper had any credibility was like never, never ago. And then someone named Dana Bash, who does nothing but bash Trump. So you got three extreme left-wing, low-IQ people moderating both debates. And what do you think it's going to be about? I hate Trump. And you, Mr. Uh, Buttigieg, I hate Trump more than Steve does. What about you, John Hickenlooper? I hate Trump more than both of them. We'll now go to Amy Klobuchar. What do you say, Minnesota Senator? Oh, no, I hate Trump more than all four of them. We'll go to Bader O'Rourke. Mr. O'Rourke, what do you say about things in the world? No, I, I hate Trump more than everybody, more than all six coming before me. Bernie Sanders, I have hated Trump long before they did. And I want to say this. Although I hate Trump now, I hated him long before anybody else was on this stand. I am talking about Trump for a very long time as a very divisive, racist, sexist, homophobic, anti-Semitic figure. So I believe I own the hate on the stage tonight. And that's what you're going to hear tonight. You're going to hear no substance about anything in the world. And that's the opening to the Savage Nation. But, 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 before you go, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some business. We're going to give you a phone number. 855-400-SAVAGE. 855-400-7282. If you care to comment on this topic that I have discussed, or what is the number one thing bothering you about the government, the nation, the news cycle, or whatever in the nation today. 855 47282. This is the Savage Nation. We are open for business. Savage. You don't understand the man. He doesn't take insults from anybody. He's a little younger than me by not much, but it's the same kind of mentality, same generation. But as I say, while I was on the Q44A for my second job after high school, in the slush, he was probably in a limo going to a party somewhere. I don't care. I wish I had been born rich. I wasn't. My biggest dream was, why wasn't I born rich? But I had to work. So that's the end. I probably would have been ruined if I were born rich. I have a kind of nature. If my father had money, I probably would have wound up a wastrel, a bum, a mook, a no good, a drug-snorting bum. So it's good that he wasn't a rich guy because I, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to work. You think I wanted to kill myself my whole life to get where I am? Who the hell wanted to work like this? What, are you kidding me? I'm, it would have been better if I inherited the money. But okay, here's where you are. This is it. You ruin children with inheritance. My father used to say it to me. He used to say to me, even if I had money, I wouldn't give it to you. You talk about Abraham and Isaac. I, I don't know where that came from. He'd sit in the car on the way to work, taking me to work with him. and say, I want you to know something. Even if I had money, I wouldn't give it to you because it'll ruin you. And I'm sitting like a kid. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Why would you say that to a son? Even if I had money, I wouldn't give it to you because it would ruin you. That's like a triple negative of you're no good, the system's no good, money's no good, and I hate you. But other than that, let's go to work, son. Let's put in a good day's work together. Get down in that basement and inhale that cyanide solution. Even if I had money, I wouldn't give it to you. Wow, that's nice. Okay, he was doing me a favor. That's like saying, okay, I'm going to beat you. He didn't hit. He mentally tortured. There's a big difference between hitting and mentally torturing. I knew a guy who said to me, wish, he grew up in a monastery uh, amongst priests in France. He was a, an orphan. And he said they didn't, they did not, he said they hit him, they beat him. That's how they're in the Catholic Church, Jesuits, they beat. That's what happened, that's how Jerry, uh, that's what they do. So <clears throat> mean, mean. Usually religious are very mean. The ultra religious are super mean in all religions. Very mean. So they beat him. They didn't mentally torture him. And he used to say to me, "He he he preferred being hit to being mentally uh, put down." Would you believe it? Yeah, I know what I see. I know I'm resonating with many of you. Now, what are we going to talk about? Georgia, Robin, Line One, go ahead. You're on the air. What's on your mind?
2: Yes, I think Donald
1: Trump is endangering the lives of many Democrats by using these hateful words in which he is using. He's just like a bully in high school. One of the baddest. So, do you have to talk through <laughs> a
0: handkerchief to make your point? Are you, what are you putting over the mouthpiece of the phone? I can't hear you.
1: Well, Donald Trump he's he a bully. And sir,
0: sir, sir, can I ask you something? Are you telling me that you believe everyone who is polite and and some of them are not bad to you?
1: Well, Donald
2: Trump he's not polite. I tell you what he
0: did. Just- no, I understand, but aren't there polite people who are screwing the country? Aren't there polite people who are robbing cities and towns and villages? Haven't there been polite presidents who did us great damage? Don't you think that's true as well?
2: Well, he's just like a bully as far as in the high school debate. Sir,
0: well, what do you have in the mouthpiece of your phone? Do you have like a Dixie cup? Gauze? Uh, what are you using?
1: Well, what Donald Trump is doing... Is,
0: no, I'm asking you, are your dentures loose? What's wrong with your voice? Well, Donald Trump is uh, in a Again, like a broken record. Sir, are you in an institution right now, a prison or a mental hospital by any chance? When no, as for Donald Trump... See, again, like a broke... Sir, hold on a minute. Is there a doctor near you you can call for a moment who can possibly help us with this? No, I don't mean to insult you, but we're a little worried for you right now. You're liable to swallow the phone. That would be a real tragedy in the middle of a telephone call to have someone swallow the receiver. All right, have a very nice day in your hatred for Donald Trump. No wonder he's in a bug house there in Louisiana. I think they still have bug houses in Louisiana. We need them in San Francisco. I would start with all the supervisors in the city of San Francisco put them in the bug house, put them on major medication for 90 days then Feinstein and Pelosi need to go in there for about a 30 day treatment with electroshock, then maybe we'd get rid of bums defecating in the streets and find out where all the billions of dollars in highway money went Savage We're going back to 50's retro music to set the stage for Donald Trump's mind and his thinking. He grew up in that era. I know the era. He's from Queens. I'm from Queens. He lived on the rich side of Union Turnpike. I lived on the attached house, you know, blue-collar side, if you want to call it that. My father never wore a tie except the weddings and funerals. You know, he worked. He ran a little shop, but he was a regular guy. That's all. Nothing fancy. Bought a used car every couple of years, a three-year-old Cadillac he bought. A creamer. He'd always look for a creamer in the newspaper. That was his dream. If he found a used Cadillac, God rest his soul, a three-year-old one without a nick, a dent, a nut, he would say it was a creamer. He would try to buy that one. So I know used cars very well. I don't think Trump had to buy a used car, but he worked hard as a kid with his father. You know that it was said that his father, the contractor, Trump's father... Picked up in the beginning, picked up, used nails from construction sites that he was on, that he was using. He was building houses. If there were nails left over by the workers, at the end of the day, the father, Fred, would go around and pick up the nails and restraighten them out and use them again. I mean, he grew up under, this is how he was raised. So he's a, basically frugal. Study Baltimore's murder rate outpaces Central America's most dangerous countries. Breitbart, the murder rate of Baltimore, Maryland, is set to continue to be higher than Central Americans. America's most dangerous countries analysis finds, by mom based on the current rate of murders of more, that Baltimore's murder rate for 2019 will be coming at about 56 murders per 100,000, twice as dangerous as Guatemala. To date, there have been nearly 200 murders in Baltimore since the beginning of the year. Meanwhile, El Salvador had a murder rate of 50 murders per 100,000 in 2018, lower than Baltimore's, despite the violent MS 13 gang holding its headquarters in the small Central American country. So, what does that tell you? Now, <clears throat> I was at dinner last night with Mrs. Savage. And she's not as into the news as I am. She has to run a business. She's not interested in this trivia. So, she said, when did this happen in Baltimore that it went downhill? I said, you don't remember? You don't remember what happened? There was a petty criminal, a bum, Freddie. What was his name? Look it up, Jim. Robert, look it up. F- Freddie. Ha- I remembered his name last night, and then I, I forgot Freddie something. See, they threw in the back of a paddy wagon. And as they were taking him to jail, he got injured in the paddy wagon. He fell out or hit his head. So the city burned. They were egged on by the very corrupt politicians who were robbing the city blind. In order to distract the people from the thievery of those in white suits and ties, they made it about Freddie Gray, right? That was his name, Freddie Gray. And they said the police did this to him on purpose. They sped in the paddy wagon, banged banged them around, and blah, blah, blah. The next thing you knew, they burnt their own city to the ground. The next thing you knew, they were attacking police. The youths, they have a new name for them. Mobs in the street are now called youths. The youths attacked the police. The youths burned the city. Then they hired some stooge for a mayor who looks like she couldn't run a kennel in Biloxi. And under this stooge mayor that they put in, like in San Francisco, another stooge they got. I don't know where they got the stooge from in San Francisco. No one ever heard of her. She's the mayor of the city. People are crapping in front of restaurant windows and she's never seen. In Baltimore, they got the stooge, and the city burned. The murder rate goes to the ceiling, and it's all because of a false narrative that Freddie Gray was beaten by the police in the back of the paddy wagon. And this is, of course, what the leftists do. In order to continue raping the Treasury, they egg on the mobs. That's how it works. It's that simple. That's all. What else do you want to talk about? Now, there's a lot. I have a lot yet. I haven't gotten to all of it. Trump's insults. He and I are from Queens. I'll explain. So that was the first question today of the day. And you're calling on that, which is suburban women recoil as Trump dives into racial politics. I don't believe that's true. I think some are, but most are not going to ever vote for a Democrat because they know that these crazy people on the left will destroy their family, particularly if they're white women who have worked all their lives. Most of them have husbands, by the way. They're not married to their, to their sorority sister. Most suburban white women, I know it's hard for you to believe, are actually not married to their sorority sister. They're actually married to a man. I know it's shocking, especially in Austin, Texas, and Cambridge, Massachusetts, Berkeley, California. But most suburban white women marry men. And most suburban white women have actual children not made uh, by basters in a laboratory. And amongst those children, there are white white boys that are born. And amongst these white boys, uh, uh, the mothers for these white boys are very protective of them. And they don't like the whole tenor of the Democrat Party, which is anti-white male. So I don't think they're voting against Trump, frankly. And I think that a lot of blacks are going to vote for Trump. I know Hispanics are voting for Trump. They love Trump, by the way. I talk to people. I talk to workers. They like Trump. And you don't seem to understand if if you just watch the media, you get a distorted view of reality. The media is not America. The media is the media. It's a separate universe. But if you talk to people, you get a better view of the reality of the world. Most Hispanic men that I have talked to who are working men, tradesmen, working men, I talk to them. Most of them are family-oriented, very patriotic, and very protective of the country that has taken them in. They don't hate this country. They love it. And they know what they came from. They never want to go back to that hellhole that they ran from. They love this country. They're very loyal to this country. That's something that is not shown in any of the polls because polls are only conducted by people. And who are the people who conduct polls? A variety of people. But polls are inaccurate. We all know that. They're subjective. They're not reality, as we saw with the Hillary's going to win in a landslide. So I don't believe it necessarily. The real question becomes, why is it being featured on the Drudge Report? A lot of people are asking me that. Why is it when I turn on the Drudge Report, which used to be so in favor of the president why does it seem to be on the drudge report you see a headline trump's trash talk turns off suburban women i did not think it was going to be as bad as it is all of the disrespect and lies and stuff like that it's just too much for me i don't know matt drudge is the most successful person in the news business in the world what's the hand in the ear? was that a signal to me or arm is stiff jim jim's arm is stiff i thought he was signaling a break it was like a, like a, a what do you call that when someone does something they can't control and an arm shoots up, a spasm. I think he had a spasm. I'm sitting and looking at him on the screen in the studio, and I was talking in the middle of a soliloquy. I see an arm go up. Okay, you're okay, Jim. Thank God. Now he's rocking in the chair. This is not good. Get him a get him a cup of tea. Okay, guys. So going back to it, I don't know. I don't know what Matt Rudge is doing. He's got the most successful news site in the world. It's his business what what he's doing and why. I wish he'd come on the show, but he won't. He's not going to come on the Savage Nation and tell you what he's thinking and why. I would assume that he's doing it because he believes it. He's actually doing Trump a favor. I don't know. You could look at it that way, too. You know, I was thinking about it. When I meet Donald Trump before the elections, he'll never see you again. You're out. You'll never, ever see him again. I don't believe that. I know what's going to happen. The inner circle will come to me when they need me, which is toward the end. They're going to need every vote they could get. Uh, What I'm actually going to say to him this time. As I sit with, I know exactly what I'm going to say, the truth. The truth is its own protection. I don't need to make anything up. And just because others have become round-the-clock bootlickers, well, I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, look, President Trump, let me be very clear. You have around the clock bootlickers, and I won't mention their names. They're not doing you any favor, but they're not hurting you. They're talking to your base. Your base has not gone anywhere. They're licking your boots so the base likes them. But they have not gained you one vote, not one net vote has come to you through these people, no matter how big their shows may be, whether it be Hannity or one of the others in the the, uh, cartel. They have not brought you one new voter. I said, what you need are independents like myself who speak to a different segment of the Trump audience, some of whom are not so happy with some of the things you have done on immigration, taxation, and things of that nature. And I am speaking to them, and I would say to you I'm actually your best friend because those are the people you're going to need. Your razor-thin victory last time is not assured this time, Mr. Trump. And by having me speak to them and bring them back around to you, which I certainly will do. I even told the New York Times reporter that when I was featured a month ago. I said, whatever you think I'm going to say, just understand I'm not Benedict Arnold. I'm still going to support Donald Trump and vote for him. I made that very clear in that article. I read an article last night that said Donald Trump, although he puts down newspapers, is the most avid newspaper reader anyone's ever seen in the Oval Office, if you could believe it. He reads every day the uh, New York Times. He reads the Washington Post. He reads the the, uh, New York Post. And he reads avidly, reads the newspapers. And he's uh, particularly interested in any negative articles about himself. He's not so interested in the positive articles. He's fascinated by the negative articles. So I'm sure he read the New York Times article, which had an interesting headline. I forget about the listeners, and I'm not so sure. Something, I don't have the article here. I'm sure he saw it and got pissed off at me. No, I said, I know how he thinks. So his initial reaction would be, screw him. Who needs that guy? Let him go. That initial reaction is, you know, about me, anger, rage. But when he thinks about it, I'm speaking to the part of the audience that Hannity doesn't touch. Those with an education, those with nuance, those who are not quite so sure, things like that. That's the audience that I have, and that's the audience he needs. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. What else did I want to tell you? I'm cleaning up, like cleaning up in my brain here. Oh, in the next hour, we have Ann Coulter on the show at the bottom of the hour. I know many of you don't want to hear her, but... She wrote a great article on the immigration problem we have. I know she's been aced out. She's 86 from the Trump uh, bar. The Trump bar and restaurant, 86, Dan Coulter. She can't get through the door. She is not allowed into the Trump bar. But you know what? I'm kind of a a, a renegade and a rebel myself. And rebels tend to like rebels. And Anna's a rebel. And she writes brilliantly. I got to tell you that. So she's going to be on with me. It should be a lot of fun. She and I create a lot of sparks. We'll see what she has to say uh, uh, at the bottom of the next hour. Let's see. President says zero strategy in attacking Baltimore. CNN boss for Kamala. Tonight, knives out for Biden. What should I do tonight? Make a hamburger and watch the debate? I don't know. I may, I may or may not. I'm not feeling that well. I think I'll stay and watch the debates. Then I'm watching a very boring Netflix movie, but I get addicted to them. I once for two months straight watched something from Turkey. I didn't understand one word of the language, but I watched it for two straight months, a detective show. I liked the music. I liked the women in it. I, I don't know. Two months I watched a Turkish crime drama. Kajak, Kajak. I couldn't stop watching it. I wanted to stop watching it. I wanted to go to a Netflix rehab program. They don't have such a thing. So I sat in a dark room for two months and watched it. It was horrendous. Now I'm stuck on one from Spain a Spanish crime drama. The reason I'm watching a Spanish crime drama is I like to listen to to Castilian Spanish. I studied Castilian Spanish for seven years in New York, and I understand Castilian Spanish. I have a lot of trouble understanding Mexican Spanish. I don't really understand it because it's a different language. Let's say the dialect is so different, it's hard for me to understand Spanish if it's not spoken by someone from Spain. Do I make sense to you? It's like Chinese. There are different dialects of Chinese. If you listen to someone speaking a classic Mandarin, that's not the same as you hear of someone going and spitting in the street in San Francisco. Hong Kong Chinese, that that one is a little different than the, the high-class Mandarin. It's the same as the English language with me. You've got English as spoken by the English, then you got English as spoken by me. It's not the same language. L- look at the difference in dialects in the English language. Southern English is different. The southern dialect is different than most other dialects. New York is different than most other dialects. Uh, but again, the, the classic English is the British. I don't trust anyone who speaks perfectly to begin with in any language. I distrust them. It's like people whose clothing is too clean. You know they're covering something up. <laughs> no, the people who are too, like, impeccable, you know, you know they're dirty. You know something's wrong under there. The immaculate, like the... The doily, like the doily on the neck, perfect. That's like the guys who are filthy, dirty, degenerate bums. The next morning, they clean up, and they put on a white shirt and tie and go to work. Please, I don't buy that act. That's why I uh, don't hang out with anyone. That's why I like poodles rather than people. Well, we're running short of time. If you care to comment on any of this rambling show that I am doing today, the phone number is 855 seven. Oh, do I have a treat for you? Wait. Well, I'm not going to do it now. We're short of time. Those of you who are are oriented towards writing real books, I am going to read for you an anonymous email that came to me from a major New York literary editor, one of the only few left in the world, about my book Xenon. And it's going to blow your mind out of your head. You're going to find out what someone who really knows literature thinks about yours truly, who is posing as a talk show host all these years. I'll be right back. Savage. news story out of europe but it goes to the whole point of how liars the liars in the media you can't believe a word they say so they say trump's insults are going to cost them the election with suburban women here's a story listen to this headline man accused of pushing eight-year-old boy on the train as father of three you have to unscramble the story to even understand what they're talking now you have to read the whole story to find out that the man who pushed this little boy in front of a train and killed him Is from Africa he's from Eritrea he's a Muslim and he pushed the boy onto the track pushed the boy's mother onto the tracks at Frankfurt station tried to push a 78 year old woman in front of the train so listen the man who was arrested after did not previously know the victim that showed no signs of alcohol or drug use they say it's a psychiatric disorder could it be his religious teachings could it be that they brought in a throwback from Eritrea, who's living in the ninth century of Islam, and hates everybody who let him into their country? It could be, but not according to the Associated Press. The same Associated Press that puts out this rubbish that Trump's going to lose suburban white women.
1: The Westwood One Podcast Network
2: called from Baltimore thanking me so much because all that money that's been spent over 20 years has been stolen and wasted by people like Elijah Cummings. What Elijah Cummings should do is he should take his oversight committee, bring him down to Baltimore and invest all of the and really study the billions and billions of dollars that's been stolen. It's been
0: wasted. It's been stolen. I got to tell you something. You're not going to believe this, but you have to just take my word for it. Where did Donald Trump all of a sudden jump from rats in the city to money being stolen oversight committee? Well, you put two and two together. I wrote an article. Breitbart wrote an article yesterday. Aaron Klein wrote an article published on Breitbart. And the headline was, Savage on San Francisco Junkies shoot up in front of children. I thought the president would be pleased by this article. I haven't sent anything to him in six months. I sent it to... Someone very close to him. And what is in that statement? Tell me what is in that uh, article in Breitbart. Michael Savage writes this. Where where have all the federal and state highway fundings gone? The streets are worse than some African nations. Even the roadway going on to the iconic Golden Gate Bridge is a disgrace. The streets are littered. Bums rule the sidewalks. Junkies shoot up in front of children. People are afraid to go out at night. Assaults by bums are swept under the rug. By the Nun newspaper. Over 30,000 cars are broken into each year. Police do nothing because the psycho lib judges dismiss those few cases that are prosecuted. Need I mention the well known epidemic of human feces on the sidewalks? Have you ever eaten dinner and seen a filthy human being drop his pants and crap outside the restaurant as you are attempting to eat? Where are Pelosi, Feinstein, and other oh so compassionate rulers? And what I'm talking about in the rest of the article is the corruption and the federal and state highway funding that's been stolen amongst other federal and state funds in San Francisco and in California. So I believe that the president also focused on this issue in the other liberal-dominated cities, such as uh, Baltimore. That's a big issue right now. There are other headlines I want to get to right now. African Muslim pushes 8-year-old white German boy in front of train. That's my headline. Now, should I be arrested for publishing the truth? Because I had to decipher the whole article to get to the truth. The headline is African Muslim pushes eight-year-old white German boy in front of train. Why didn't they say that in Germany? Why? Because they've been destroyed by Angela Merkel's liberal communist brigades, just as we are having our brains destroyed here in America by the Democrats, who you will see on the stage tonight. Here are some other articles. Trump blasts Cummings over stolen money from Baltimore. China covertly subverting Trump re-election, says dissident Chinese billionaire. Ann Coulter's article, How We Became the World's Suckers on Immigration, She'll be with us at the bottom of the hour. O'Rourke debate guests are students who kneeled for anthem. O'Rourke is a nun player. Here's a positive one. Eating blueberries daily may reduce risk of heart disease, even if risk is already high, study finds. I wrote about this in the 1980s in health journals on the, uh, uh, the sioanthins, sciat- I think. Yeah, I forget exactly the chemicals. But, look, I know going back to World War II that British RAF pilots used to eat the the, the relative of a blueberry called bilberry before night missions because it made their, their vision more acute, uh, the, the bilberries did. And then there was bilberry products put out by health food companies. I'll tell you another story about bilberries and blueberries, if you are suffering from macular degeneration, while I cannot give you medical advice, I seriously advise you to investigate the use of blueberries and bilberries, particularly in the extracted form, in uh, treating uh, macular degeneration, something that most doctors, unfortunately, have not learned. But I'm trying to give you information that may be of use to you. Warren and Burndy's awkward truce faces its biggest test. Yeah, it should be fun tonight, really. Maybe I'll get a pizza in the house and watch the uh, oven camp stuffer and the other one there. Look at how schleppy looks like Bernie Sanders, our schmuck, stooped over. Look, He looks like Larry, uh, what's his name? What's that comedian's name, that nasty piece of work? Larry who, with the white hair? Larry David. You know that Bernie Sanders looks like he's imitating Larry David rather than the other way around? They're like cut from the same ice cream uh, mold. God made like a contaminated ice cream mold, and in it were many men like Bernie Sanders and, and Larry David. Miserable to everybody, hateful, dirty suits, stuff like that. 13-year-old Kyla Salazar id final victim of garlic festival shootings. Are very sad. Here, for all you liberal women out there, female genital mutilation cases on the rise across France. How come you're not celebrating that? Is that feminism to cut... Female genital mutilation, do you have any idea what that is? Do you have any idea what these throwbacks are doing? Do you know that most Muslims do not want that? And yet what they did there in France was bring in the most throwbacky they could find. They didn't bring in Muslims who were educated, just as we're not bringing in Hispanics who are educated. They brought in the most primitive, uneducated uh, individuals they could possibly find in order to destroy France. Here's an interesting story on michaelsavage.com. Genetic mutation made humans susceptible to heart attacks, as a study. I'll have to read that later. Transgender weightlifters gold medal sparks new debate. L- look at this stupidity. Transgender weightlifters gold medal sparks new debate. What does that mean? What was this one? A woman who became a man? No. It's a man who cut the Shlomagagy off to become a woman. She cut a schmagegege off to become a woman, and she became stronger than she was as a man. She competes with women and beats them. That's not fair. It's well known that if you cut the shlakki off a uh, an animal, the animal becomes stronger. Isn't that true? Jim, you're smiling. Do you know anything about farm animal stuff? Isn't it true? Isn't it the thing called the gelding when they cut the schlake off a uh, a horse? Yeah, you cut the schlake off a horse, and the horse becomes uh, a stronger horse. That doesn't mean it's going to compete with women horses at that point. It's still a man horse without a schlick Eagle. I don't know. This whole thing it doesn't make sense. But the Democrats tonight are all in favor of the Schlig Eagle cutting. Amazon driver busted after stealing dog from family's yard. Oh, God. Did you see the story about uh, delivery drivers stealing food and eating your food on the way to your house? I forget the name of the service. I don't want to mention it. Unless your food arrives, stapled shut, do not touch it. Reject the... the You get you get people here from Chemistan. You got drivers coming in from Houston. You They come from stands that no one ever heard of. And they're desperate. They're poor. They're eating your food, but you say, oh, well, that's okay. I, he needs it more than I do. Hey, man, if you want someone from Eritrea, who just got off the boat yesterday, uh, sticking his fingers into your fingerlings, and then you eating them, God bless you. You're a bigger man than I am. I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone touching my food. I don't care if they're from Alaska, and they got white and blue eyes. I really don't care if their ancestors came in on the Mayflower. But a lot of these delivery services, the guys are eating your food. Why would you order that? So Double Dash, Door Dash, I don't trust any of it. Now, I came home from the city the other night in an Uber. I had a very interesting ride. I meant to tell you about it yesterday, but it didn't fit in. It fits in right now because we're going to talk about immigration with Ann Coulter at the bottom of the hour, I want to be very clear. I actually believe that many of the immigrants who are coming in right now are going to save this country. You could put me. You could put it on record. I mean it. Many of them. I didn't say all of them. I would also change the immigration policies so that if they don't work, they either get deported. You know, there's no welfare for five years. Things like that. But I don't want to go into all the details of my policy plan. I'll give you an example. I get in a car. At Al- I went to Alioto's over the weekend. I still love the place. I know Fisherman's Wharf. It's tacky. It looks like the Redneck Riviera. I get it. But I know the owners. They treat me well. The place was full. The food is great. So I go there with my, actually with my attorney, Dan Horowitz. We just wanted to celebrate something. So we have a meal. And I I wanted to go home by by Uber. Okay. So we get an Uber. The guy picks me up. The girl at Alioto's who works at the front counter is a lovely person. She's from Afghanistan. That's a separate story about how wonderful those people are. So she calls an Uber for me. The guy comes, picks me up. Turns out he's from Afghanistan. And on a long ride back to my house, we start to talk. Speaks very good English. I said, how did you learn English so well? He said, I took a four-month class in Afghanistan. I said, well, how did that happen? He said, I worked for the Special Forces. I'm not going to give you all the details. He was a, a translator or something of that nature for U.S. Special Forces, in Afghanistan, and they put him through language school. In four months, the guy speaks better English than most of the students that you probably have in your classroom, no matter matter where they're from. These are smart, hardworking people. Now, this guy is driving Uber 16 to 18 hours a day to support a wife and three children in Oakland, California, and he's also writing a book about his life experiences, and I helped him figure out how to write the book. He was so thankful to me. I told him what to do to get a tape recorder, how to tell a story, And he said, no one helped me like that. I said, well, here's my email. Get back to me in one year when you have that book on paper. But the point I'm making is not about the book. It's about the man, how hard he's working. And there's two there's two pieces to the story that go against the grain of the news. One is that we hear that Uber exploits workers. Well, not according to this immigrant who drove me, who works 16 hours a day or so and can support a wife and three children on his earnings. It's a great entry-level position for people who have no other options. So before you negate an entire industry based upon some reports from idiots in the news business, you ought to look at the whole picture. That's one. Number two, he's telling me the story about his life, working for special forces, and how they. I said, how did you come to this country? He said, well, the U.S. military got me a green card and my wife. Okay, basically, they probably got him out of there to save his life. It's like the, the, the Vietnamese who had to be saved from the communists after we were forced out of there by Walter Cronkite and his friends in the media. So, okay, so the guy's here and he's working, and he's telling me a lot of pieces of his life. Listen to this. So he says, well, the, tell me the worst thing that happened to you. He said, well, when the, the Taliban came into our area, he said, we had to live underground. My father, my mother, my grandmother, we were living in an underground thing we cut out. They were starving to death for four days. He said, you know, we lived on the milk from a little, a little goat that was a pet of one of my cousins. I said, that must have been horrible. Did someone want to kill the goat, I say, and eat it? He said, yes, but he didn't let us kill the goat because it was his pet. And we lived on the milk of the goat. It was the most horrible four days of our life. We were starving to death. And he said, then the man who owned it, the the guy who owned it, went out after the four days and got food just so we wouldn't kill the goat. Now, I said, that's how you begin your novel. You begin your novel with that story. You sit down at a tape recorder. You tell that story of those four days, talk about the goat, the goat's milk, talk about what you lived through, and I said, then anything else that comes to your mind, keep recording it and then typing it out, and then after a year, you'll put the book together. He was so thrilled that I told him how to put his book together that I thought I'd share it with you because many of you who listen to this show also have a book in you, but you don't know how to begin. You don't know how to begin your life story. I just gave you a hint. You'll never get from anybody in the world other than Michael Savage, author of About 30 books, including A Savage Life, back in a minute. Savage. Remember, at the bottom of the hour, we have Ann Coulter who will discuss this, how we became the world's suckers on immigration. We are only one of two nations in the world with birthright citizenship. It's an amazing story that Ann Coulter will discuss uh, with us. We have time for one quick call here, James, in California. Go ahead, please. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. What's on your mind?
1: Yeah, I'm a liberal Democrat, and I want to agree and, and say that there's nothing
2: wrong with Donald Trump being a racist. This campaign- All right, I know you're
0: trying to be very clever. Would you say the same thing about Al Sharpton? Uh, Yes, I I can say the same thing about Would you say the same thing about uh, um, Kamala Harris, Jesse Jackson? Would you say the same thing about Willie Brown? You're just saying it about Trump because he's white. Isn't that true?
1: No, I'm I'm saying that by his words. When there is not a minority in this country that hasn't been told, uh, you need to go back to where you
0: came from. What do you make of all of the, quote, teens, the teen gangs that are beating people up in the streets? Would you say that's racism? Repeat that. I'm sorry, it didn't, it didn't compute? I'll repeat it. What do you make of all the, quote, teen gangs that are beating people up in the streets?
1: Yeah,
2: what, uh, what about the gangs?
0: Well, I'm asking you, wouldn't that be a symptom of racism on the part of them? No, they're criminals. They're just criminals. Even though the gangs are black and the people they beat up are white, that would make it not a racial thing, not a hate crime?
2: Well, it can, it can be classified
0: as a hate crime if they're using racial slurs. Of- Why, if they're using their fists and their, and, and, and their feet and then spitting on the person on the ground, I don't think they need to use a racial slur. I think you would see racism in that. Did you see the beating outside of the the hotel in Washington last week? I know you probably didn't get it in your neighborhood because there's no newspaper where you live. You're living in in like a brain-dead area. A gang beat up a white guy outside of a hotel. His boyfriend, I think a guy was gay, I'm not sure. And a gang of eight, ten kids, teens, beat him almost to death. And as he was laying there on the ground, unmoving, a girl in the gang comes up and spits in his face. Now, where are they getting this hatred from? Oh, I can't speak of something that... Well, you sound like a nice person, and I don't really want to argue with you. Because I think you and I probably would enjoy each other's company. So I'm going to leave it go with that. I want to be something positive, do something positive, my friend. Uh, I want to read something to you that came to me from a New York literary editor. I have one minute. Many of you want to write a book. And it goes like this. First, a word about your book, Xenon, Michael. When I attended the Clarion SF Writers Workshop in 1976 which was led by such luminaries as Damon Knight, Tom Dish, Joanna Russ, and Joe Haldeman, I was taught that the first sentence of an SF novel should create a world, a character, and a conflict. In short, it should blow the reader's mind. Michael does this with his hilarious list of acronyms and cast of characters in his book Xenon. The brief chapters reveal only as much as they need to in order to move the story forward, while behind this the reader is invited to decode the outlines of the larger society of which xenon is a part. The object of Michael's social-political satire is clear. And he goes on, I can't read the whole thing. He said, this book, in its extreme spareness, combined with its cunning manipulation of the reader's expectations of normalcy, place it in the category of the mind-bending political fables produced by writers of the Soviet era. And he goes on, and i got to tell you, I've waited 40 years to finally meet an editor in New York City who knows literature. And many of you only know me as a bombastic talk show host, not as the writer I have been since I'm 16 years old. But I believe you will know that in a very short period of time. When I come back, Ann Coulter joins us on The Savage Nation. Savage. Welcome back to the uh, Savage Nation. We now talk with the anchor baby of the conservative movement, Ann Coulter. Ann, welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us. What's on your mind today?
2: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Now, Ann, I loved your article, How We Became the World's Suckers on Immigration. It's so brilliant. You're such a great writer, and I want to get to that in a minute, but I want to ask you something. Do you share uh, recipes or makeup secrets with Kellyanne Conway
2: no. Okay. I'm
0: only joking because I know that you're on the outs with the, the administration seems to have cast you aside since you became critical of the non-policy on immigration, right? I mean, I'm kind of an outcast as well because I've been rather critical of the fact that we've got nothing on immigration.
2: Oh, I think they're following us, Michael Savage.
0: You think they're following us?
2: Yes.
0: You mean they, they know that we're right?
2: Um, yes, and I mean, that's That's as I've been telling conservatives um, who don't like to hear that Trump isn't isn't keeping his promises. And I understand that he does seem like he's the last hope. And we certainly don't want to give power to these lunatics running for president as Democrats. Yeah, all that is true. But my feeling is. We've got 16 months now to get Trump to fulfill his promises. He's afraid, as he should be, I mean, not not unduly, um, he's afraid, afraid he won't be reelected. elected
0: do, do, do you actually, I, wait, Ann, this is such an important point. <clears throat> the inner circle, I'm not part of it. I never have been, but I knew a few of the people. They don't talk to me anymore because I became a little critical of the fact that we were getting nothing mainly on immigration. I'm also not happy with the taxation. I'm not happy with a number of other things. But your article is really amazing, How We Became the World's Suckers in Immigration. Do you think they're actually reading these articles and they understand that the base is a little turned off?
2: Um, yes, and, I, and like, like I say, I think there is some reason for concern. Trump won by 80,000 votes. It spread across four states. He only won by 10,000 votes in Michigan. Hmm. And I would be particularly concerned um, about about the midterm elections in Florida and Texas. Yeah, in the end, we won, but... Oh my gosh, were those elections close? And now that we've gotten a better look at Beto O'Rourke, this guy almost beat Ted Cruz. I know. It looks like the Democrats, the democrat demographic, demographic transferna- transformation of the country, they they, they could they could win. Um, I mean, the incumbent has an advantage, obviously. Yeah, okay. In the end, I'll be voting for. For Trump but yeah, I also voted for for McCain under protest um, and for <laughs> Romney quite enthusiastically uh, that that didn't help so the next 16 months I think is not the time for conservatives yeah okay bash bash the Democrats but I don't think this is the time to be lying about oh yeah he's already building the wall no he's the greatest look at this tweet um, I mean what we get with Trump there's you know this this expression um, no, no no, gain without pain. Well, to some extent, that's true, but it doesn't make your workout any better if you put some tax on, on you know the recumbent bike. Um, I want <laughs> pain associated with action. I will defend Trump um, until I'm blue in the face when he gets attacked for building the wall. Um, he hasn't done that, so I've kind of checked out on, on bothering to defend him on these various outrages. Mm-hmm. With Trump, we get... Um, I mean, it's great not to care when Democrats are outraged with them. And I like that about Trump. But I'd, I'd like it to be for stuff he's doing, not stuff he's tweeting.
0: Oh uh, now that's a critical. That's germane to the whole issue. I try to explain in the last hour that he's from Queens. I'm from Queens. And basically, even though we're a little different in age, not that much different. And even though he was rich and I wasn't rich, th- we never took insults from anybody without, without answering it. And I think this is part of the problem. No matter how low the person is, whether it be uh, Omar the Terrible or Occasional Cortex, he will respond to them when he really shouldn't. Don't you agree with that he doesn't have to bring them up to his level?
2: Um, I don't know. I kind of... <laughs> I kind of like the way he punches back. Again, it's just what, it's, what the issue is that he's responding over. I mean, I really haven't followed this Baltimore stuff except for a few 20 funny tweets I saw. Right. About it's the
0: summertime, r- people are trying to enjoy themselves in the middle of all this hatred.
2: Um,
0: so, okay, looking at our immigration policies yeah. you write in the Hill, compared to the rest of the world, you think America lost a bet. Yeah. We're only, we're only two of, of two developed countries in the world. The other is Canada with full, quote, birthright citizenship. How did that happen?
2: Um, well, first of all, to distinguish, they're always trying to blur the issue to confuse people. Birthright citizenship has been around since 1898, from a Supreme Court ruling, not not from the 14th Amendment, um, from a Supreme Court ruling. Um, but that means a child born to a legal immigrant, mm. um, someone who, who is here, you know, we want this person here. They're not citizens yet. They're going through the green card process, but they have a child born here. That child is automatically a citizen okay, fine, that was a law for a 100 years. Uh, this business about auto-citizenship for, for the children of people, well, mothers, women who are geographically within our borders, ag- against our will, against our laws, when they give birth, that that child is a citizen, that is, you know, an ancient principle deep in, deeply embedded in our Constitution that goes all the way back to the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. Not that the Reagan administration did it, I'm just dating it for you. Um, it was a footnote in a Justice Brennan opinion. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't the issue before the court. It wasn't part of the ruling of the court. It does not have the force of law. It was just this little aside in a 1982 case, uh, opinion written by Justice mm-hmm. Brennan, And henceforth, other courts looked at that and said, oh, well, that must be the law. But Hmm. Congress and no Supreme Court has ever deliberated are the children of illegal aliens automatic citizens just by virtue of of being dropped on U.S. soil? Um, So, do
0: you, I mean, look, people don't know that in addition to being a great writer, you're a lawyer. I think that what you are just saying is deserving of a new Supreme Court case, Anne, and I hope it goes there as a result of your uh, analysis that it really wasn't codified in law.
2: And you know who else has called for that something like 20 years ago now? Um, the, the very prolific and highly respected federal judge, Richard Posner. He added on um, a concurrence in a case that had something to do with, with um, vaguely related to anchor babies. Um, and he said, enough of this nonsense. No Congress has passed this law. It's time for Congress right now to assert clearly the child born to an illegal alien on U.S. soil is not a U.S. citizen. Judge Richard Poser, not exactly a favorite among conservatives, um, the most quoted federal judge on the Seventh Circuit. Um, Everyone who knows about this issue (laughs) knows how ridiculous it is. This is why Trump, an executive order on anger babies, Trump could sign it tomorrow. There there is there's no o- Wait, law you're here.
0: You're saying Trump could sign an executive order ending the Anchor Baby uh, clause?
2: Sure, it's just it's just practice. It's
0: not it's not You know, it's funny, a couple of books ago I wrote and the Anchor Babies Law and someone called the show and said there is no such law, but you're saying it is based upon this footnote.
2: Well, it's a footnote, but it didn't have the force of law. So hmm. it isn't it isn't law. It was what's called dicta. Um, you know, when a court's right or a judge writes an opinion, there are the, the things the judge says about the law that are necessary to deciding the case, that has the force of law. That's precedent. But if he goes rambling off on something else, and oh, but, pe-
0: but, Anne, people should know that Justice William Brennan was one of the most liberal ever on the court. Isn't that true?
2: Yes. And yes. they need to
0: know that. Now, you also write <clears throat> very, very interestingly uh, that the U.S. is one of the rare countries that makes citizens of people who can't speak the language along with the masochistic Swedes. And then in your footnote, you write, how did they terrorize the world 800 years ago? I love that line. The UK, Canada, Germany, Australia, Norway, and the Netherlands all have the crazy idea that citizens should be able to communicate with one another. We have a language requirement on the books, but it turns out that, too, is merely a suggestion. Then you talk about the lottery, in which the prize is U.S. citizenship. And you talk about, we bring in 50,000 lottery winners each year for no reason, thanks to President Bush. And as a result... Of this lottery system, we wound up with vermin like Egyptian national. I'm using the word vermin. You wouldn't use it. (laughs) Hesham Mohammed Ali Haddad who opened fire at the LL Airlines ticket counter in ninety two. It got us Saifulo Saipov, the Uzbeki who plowed a rented truck into a crowd of bicyclists in 2017 in New York City. It gave us Ahad Ullah, the Bangladeshi national who got in as the nephew of a lottery winner, winner, and he enriched us by detonating a bomb in New York City's Port Authority in 2017. And it goes on and on and on. You're a thousand percent right, Anne.
2: It's just, uh, um, I think most, A, Americans would be amazed at this, but... But we're America. <laughs> we're the greatest country in the world. We should be taking immigrants um, the way Scarlett Johansson picks whom she will date. It's not a lottery. <laughs> it doesn't just say, oh, well, you know, it's not fair to this, you know, poor, poor balding losing no money. I'm, I'm, I've, oh, well, his lottery number came up. No, no. <laughs>
0: that's hilarious. The- now, that's a woman's perspective. I like that one. The
2: best of the best. No, we, we act like uh, uh, like we're, we are Uganda. Oh, please come here, anyone. We'll throw a lottery. We'll pay for your food and your housing.
0: And, you know, I told the story for years that Canada used to have an equivalent. You come here in, in the ninth month of pregnancy to, at Canada and deliver a baby and, and they're a citizen. Then the whole family comes in. And it was turned around by a Chinese-Canadian who said that if we do not stop this, this country will become China, not Canada. And it was someone from China, of Chinese descent who was a Canadian citizen who reversed that and stopped it because he saw them flying in on uh, commercial jetliners in their ninth month of pregnancy to deliver the baby either in the aisle of the airplane or when they arrived in Canada in order to get the whole family in and then they put a stop to it. That socialist Canada came to their senses. What is it going to take for this country to wake up, Anne?
2: Well, I think the country has woken up um, every time Americans are allowed to vote on the issue of immigration, um, whether it's whether it's um, um, what was it, Proposition 187 in California. Should we be giving welfare benefits? I,
0: I ran the campaign to stop that. We won at the ballot box. It was stolen by one judge, Delton Henderson, an ACLU lawyer. It was shocking what they did to the voters.
2: Yes, and and in state after state there are there are referenda on making English the the official language, on on similar issues. And most recently, of course, we put Donald Trump in the White House, who didn't exactly, you know, presents the case for less immigration and a wall in a gentle, um, um, you know, calm way. And still, with the entire media attacking him, he became president. I think Americans are perfectly woke on the issue. The problem is the politicians.
0: All right. Ann Coulter wrote how we became the world suckers in immigration. It's in, a, in the publication The Hill. I linked it on michaelsavage.com. When we come back, I want to ask Ann something. This just came out. Trump predicts a sleeper candidate will limp out of the Dem field to face him. And tonight, of course, are the debates. I want to ask Ann Coulter who she thinks will win amongst this pack of losers the minute I return on The Savage Nation. Savage. As we go into the ninth inning of today's uh, Savage Nation radio show, we have with us the great Ann Coulter and her article, How We Became the World's Suckers in Immigration, is not to be missed. It's on michaelsavage.com. But an article just came out. Trump predicts a sleeper candidate will limp out of the Dem field to face him. Ann, who do you think might win amongst this, this group of nutcases? <laughs>
2: It's so horrifying. Um, well, my bet going back a couple of years, even before she won her Senate race, was Kamala. Uh, so I sort of want it to be Kamala, just so I'm unbelievably prescient. Um, but I don't... But, I, know, she,
0: and she's not that smart. Look, I live in the Bay Area. I've watched her for years. She's basically a non-entity. She's a product of the machine. She's a creation of the machine. This is a woman who I think, if you gave her a compass and told her to find North on it. She couldn't find it. So I don't know how this woman could even compete with Trump. Don't you think he'll mop the floor up with her? Of course, the fear is that the minute he does it, they'll call him racist, right?
2: Yes, though they're going to call him that for any reason. That's right. I'm thinking about this day. They're so excited on MSNBC that, you know, this constant calling of Trump, calling him racist, 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 um, that, that, um, you know, that now they have... It, you know, black support for Trump has gone from from 6% to 5%.
0: Yeah, but those are all the racist blacks, and Come on, you're not seeing through it.
2: No, 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 no. but look at how... how uh,
0: I'm, I'm saying But these are blacks who are either Uncle Tom's or racist, according to the left. The minute any minority wakes up, they're no longer a minority.
2: <laughs> well, the, I would say particularly... Well, no, my point is, though... Um, African Americans give ninety percent of their votes to the Democrats in every election. So I don't know why why Republicans. I w- I, I would like to get African Americans to vote for Republicans, but it's not like something that's going to scare a Republican. Even-
0: yeah, but Trump Trump said today that Biden Biden will limp out of the crowded field to square over against him in twenty twenty. How do you think that will go if it's Sleepy Joe versus a uh, uh, nasty Donald?
2: Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's he's the Democrats' best. Best chance, um, even though he's becoming, you know, woke Biden. If he ran as as the Biden he's been throughout the Senate, not my cup of tea. But he's not, or has not been, manifestly insane. Um, but they i don't know—they're just so angry. I think they 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 may go for an angry candidate like. Kamala, and also for my purposes in, in scaring Trump, in scaring him straight, getting him to keep his promises, I would prefer to have it be someone who's more plausible like Biden. But, you know, the nightmare scenario, Michael, is, <laughs> is they nominate, they go far left, they nominate one of these lunatics like, like Kamala, and, and then they end up winning.
0: But Kamala Harris is vulnerable. Her own father who was of Jamaican uh, ancestry, said, Kamala, I think it was six months ago we could find the article, Kamala, please, he said, we come from a family of slaveholders in Jamaica. He said that. Her own father. And
2: Yes. Well, it would be ironic if the only two presidents descended from um, slaveholders, or rather stra- slave traders, um, were the two black presidents, Kamala and Obama, um,
0: Wait, wait, Obama came from a family that held slaves? Where?
2: Um, well, his, his, his father, you know, is from Kenya, and that was the port of most of the, an enormous amount, I don't know if it was most, an enormous amount of the slave trade.
0: Okay, well, I don't know. Yeah, but do we know, therefore, that his family was involved in that, or we don't know?
2: Um, that he is related to someone who was trading slaves, I think, I think anyone would tell you yes. All
0: right, but putting that aside, you think if you were to bet that it's going to be Biden, but it could be Kamala Harris. Ann Coulter's great article must be read, as usual. She's hanging in there. She's still fighting how we became the world's suckers on immigration. Ann Coulter, thanks a million for taking time out from a normal, wonderful, enjoyable life to be with us on The Savage Nation.